All right, what I'm going to do this morning is what I've been doing um, every beginning of every term since we started the church uh, way back 2011, is that when we come back at the beginning of a new term, I want to remind us what God's been saying to us as a people, the direction we are going on, and then anything relevant, kind of um, what's going to be happening for the next sort of term or so, and I've got a couple of um, things I want to talk to you about on that. But what I want to start with is a reminder for who we are as a people and what God has called us as a people. And if you've been here a little while, you will have heard this, but actually at this season when we've come back from being away and now we're together together, I think it has a, a, a new relevance for us to remind us what God has called us to. And it hasn't changed over the last 18 months and it's still where God is leading us as a people. So I want to talk about our purpose uh, and then I want to talk about our vision and then I want to talk about a couple of things that uh, we're going to be looking to move into over the next term. So first thing, our purpose. We write this, it's on this side, isn't it? On our banner, we say every morning when we meet um, as a church together, even when we're online, we were saying this, what we're about. And as we planted the church, we felt before God, this is what God had called us to, um, as to be as a church. And we believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus, and then changing our world with Jesus. To sum it up, we're all about Jesus here. We're all about making his name known, making his name great. We believe Jesus was who he said he was. We believe he was God the Son, God the internal um, everlasting pre-existent God who came to earth as a man. He then lived the perfect life, teaching, performing miracles, bringing in God's kingdom. He then died on a cross in our place for our sins, rose bodily from death in resurrection, ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, to come to dwell in us as the church was birthed and we are now responsible for taking that good news around the world. We believe Jesus was and is the most important person who ever lived and we believe he is the purpose of the church. He is the head of the church. We're to declare his praises. We declare his goodness throughout all generations and to all people. And so that's what it's about. That's what we're about. We want people to know Jesus for themselves. We want anyone who does already, great. We want that to get deeper and fuller in your life and that to grow, not to be a stagnant, static thing, but a, a growing, developing, ever enriching thing. But anyone who doesn't know Jesus, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, talk to us. We would love to introduce you to the King of Kings and Lord and Lords. Um, but we want that to grow. We want more and more people to come to know Jesus. And then in turn, once you've met the love of Jesus, your life is radically transformed and hopefully you'll want to tell and share others uh, with the good news. My mic is changing. Is that me or is that, am I, do I just keep talking? It's you. It's you. Okay, fine. I'll just keep going. <laughs> All right. So that's what we're about. That's our uh, unchanging purpose. We want people to know Jesus. Okay. What's God particularly called us to? Where are we going? Well, when we started the church, we felt three things before God that he had called us to, and that was to be a large, influential, reproducing church. A large, influential, reproducing church. And the reason we came to this is we came into an inner conviction through prayer and study of God's word. These were things we saw in the Bible, but we felt particularly impressed upon us as a small team that this is what God had called us to. And it was always almost laughable when we began because there was only kind of, what was it, 10 of us and a child, and that was it. 
And we were just like, and God said, this is what you're going to be. And we said, okay, Lord, you're the one speaking, so we will follow you. Um, And the first thing God has called us to was to grow large. I believe God wants his church to be large, numerically large. And I believe this as I read through my Bibles because I see in the beginning the creation mandate. When God made Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, what's the first thing he said to them? He said, go and be fruitful. Multiply, make more and fill the earth. Then we fast forward a few chapters and we get God speaking to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And he says, I will make you a great nation. I'm choosing you, but I'm going to multiply you. You're old. You have a wife. She's old. You have no children. But don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to do something incredible through you. And then later he says in Genesis 15, he takes me outside and says, look at at the stars. Look at the sand. There would have been a lot where they were in the desert. He said, I will make your offspring like that. There will be many, many more of you. And if we follow the line of God's people through Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and the 12 sons then multiplied to the nation of Israel, and then that comes out of um, Egypt, and that goes into the promised land, which then becomes the kingdom of Israel under Saul, then David, then Solomon, and we see a complete multiplication of what God is doing and the fulfillment of his promise to Abraham. Then we fast forward to the New Testament and we see Jesus come. He brings in the kingdom of God that has been promised. He trains 12 men to be kind of his uh, disciples, his apostles. And when he dies and he goes back to heaven, he gathers them together plus the others who've been involved as well. And he says, you go into all the nations and make disciples of everybody. Everybody. This thing that was localized to just one little place on the earth has suddenly gone global. And Jesus is saying, I want more and more followers. And then we read in Galatians what Paul, the apostle Paul writes. And he says, if you have faith in Christ, by that faith, you are an heir to the promise of Abraham. So if you're a Christian here, if you're a believer here, you were one of those stars. You were one of those grains of sand that Abraham walked on as he was going around the desert all those years. You are one of those. And then we fast forward and we read the, in, in the book of Acts. So I've just been reading it with our boys. We've just finished the book of Acts. But if you read the story of the book of Acts, you see explosive growth of God's church throughout it. Throughout Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 9, it talks about many more and more people being added, more and more churches being planted as the Apostle Paul and others go around that kind of uh, Middle Eastern area and into Europe that more and more people come to know Jesus. Then we fast forward again, we go to the book of Revelation and the Apostle John is having this vision and Jesus comes to him in his vision and he shows him stuff and there's a picture where there's a throne And John says, I looked and I saw and there was a great multitude that no one could number. Where were they from? Every tribe and nation and people and language. So that covers the whole world. And what were they doing? They were bowing before the throne and worshipping Jesus. God wants his people to be large. He wants it from every tribe, every nation, every people group. That means this country, that means this town, this city, as well as the nations of the world. And we are here playing our part in making that happen. We want as many, many people as possible to come to know Jesus for themselves. We think it's the most important decision people will make. And God has continued to speak to us about that over our life as a church, that we will grow, that we will fill this hall, that we will keep being added to men and men and many more and more women and men will come to know Jesus for themselves. And it's something we pray for, it's something we press into, not because it makes us look good, but hopefully it makes Jesus look good. That's our heart, that's our goal. The second thing is for us to be influential. Influential. 
God wants us to be an influential church. God's practice, God's plan, if we read through the pages of the Bible, is to use men and women in worldly spheres and power structures to be influential for his kingdom. You just have to read through and you'll find, you find Joseph, who became prime minister in Egypt. You find Daniel, who was an advisor to the king in Babylon. You find Queen Esther in Persia, who um, was um, queen and ended up saving her people. We find Nehemiah in Persia as well, cupbearer to the king, who helped rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple. There were many, many who were there being used by God to be influential for his kingdom. We come into the New Testament, Jesus says to all his followers he says you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world you are to go wherever you find yourself and salt brings out flavor prevents decay light shines in the darkness so people can find their way and they don't get lost and that is what you are to be you are to be like that you are to be an influence to all around you to point to the goodness and the grace of God to be loving and caring in your community and see God's kingdom come And that is what God has called us to as a church. And as we were starting the church, God spoke to us from Jeremiah 29. It says this, and he was talking, Jeremiah the prophet was talking to the people of God who had gone into exile. They were in a foreign city, Babylon, and they were feeling bewildered and lost. What do we do here? And the prophet spoke to them. He says, this is what the Lord of hosts says to you, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exiles from Jerusalem to Babylon. So what are you going to say, God? He says, build houses, live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. We seek to be part of this city long term. We want to establish a church. We just had our 10th birthday online. Didn't plan that. But that's how we had to do it. But we're here long term. We want to be here. We want to build um, uh, uh, something that lasts. We want to build, buy homes, settle down, have children here, raise those children, see those children get married, and then have children. That means grandparents are all of us. We want to produce something for the city that serves the city. We live in this great city, England's second city, and we want to love it and serve it, which means that whatever you do tomorrow and for the rest of the week matters. It matters to God. Whatever you call that section, if we just call it work, whatever that is. Some of you had paid employment, part-time employment, voluntary work. Some of you are raising children. Some of you are serving in other areas. That is important to God, and God has called us to be influential there. We are to be the best, fill in the blank, whatever you are that you can be before God. You are to love and serve the school, the institution, the, the, the business, the, 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 the family, the, the neighborhood, the street that you're a part of, and love and serve them to see God's kingdom come. We need to have Christians who are spread across this city in every area, from education and schools to business and finance to law and policies to arts to music to sports, recreation, medicine, healthcare, everywhere where they are serving and loving people and pointing to Jesus in everything they do. We are to be an influential kingdom for Jesus. And that's as our church. So we can be influential as a big body like this, but it's limited. But we could be way more influential as we scatter into homes and workplaces and love and serve people. And that is what we are called to be as a church. And the final thing is we are to be reproducing. We are to be a reproducing church. Healthy things, living things, multiply and reproduce. Some of you have been at it during lockdown. 
as a, as a, just, a, just a case in point. There have been babies just appearing and just, you obviously didn't have anything else to do. Um, so, great. Anyway, come back. That's not on my notes. That just, I'm hearing this for the first time, um, like you. God wants us to be a reproducing church, which means we reproduce on a, I've got to get this right, a micro level, and we want to reproduce on a macro level. So micro, we want to see new people become Christians. We've had people become Christians as part of this church during lockdown. It's been absolutely wonderful to celebrate that because Jesus said to his disciples who are ascending into heaven, go and make disciples of all nations. Make more. You're, you're my disciples. Great. I need more. We need more of them. We want more people to know, more people to be forgiven of their sin, more people to live this life full of the Spirit, knowing their purpose and their value before God. And so that's what we're doing. If you follow the, the storyline of God's people, particularly the New Testament, you see reproduction after reproduction. Men and women getting saved. The, the church in Jerusalem explodes from Peter's sermons. Only 3,000 are added. You're like, whoa, good sermon, Peter. You might want to do that again next Sunday just to grow us. But then persecution comes on the church and they are scattered and they all go, go to the wind and then they are still seeing people saved and added um, and everything that happens. And then you follow the, particularly the story of Paul being sent out from Antioch with Barnabas and they go to place after place, planting churches, reproducing themselves, more and more and more churches, more and more communities of believers spread all around that Mediterranean area where they can come and um, know Jesus for themselves. We find in 2 Timothy, we've been studying 2 Timothy, we just finished it, but there was a verse in 2 Timothy 2.2 and he says, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men that they may teach others. Paul, Timothy, faithful men, others. There's a reproduction of the good news of the gospel that should be happening as we pass it on. And also as a church, we want to look to one day to reproduce ourselves on the larger level and plant other churches. It's not something we've happened. And 18 months of lockdown have kind of just, we had thoughts, we had plans. We don't know where we are now, but we're coming back to God and saying, okay, here we are, what can we do? We want to grow. And God has spoken to this uh, to us repeatedly which is the, um, what is the, the plant of real life church? It is the strawberry. strawberry plant. God spoke to us before we planted real life church four times from four people on four separate occasions saying, your church is going to be like a strawberry plant, which is like, okay, fine. Better go and look up what a strawberry plant is. And we found out strawberry plants are wonderful things. They produce fruit, leaves, and, and grapefruit that makes great jam. And that's wonderful. Um, but actually what they do is they send out runners, these little green shoots that go out. And when the green shoots go out, they go into the ground and they produce more plants. And so they grow and multiply. And so if you see wild strawberries, it's crazy. You can't see where one starts and one ends because all these runners have gone out and started more plants and there's fruit everywhere. And we, by the grace of God, want to do that as well. We want to keep growing and multiplying, not just as this little congregation here, but more congregations in more towns, in more cities. And I don't know where and I don't know when, but I'm praying and believing God for guidance in that process. So that's who we are, that's what we're about, that's where we're going. Now I just want to talk to you about a couple of things and I'd love to pray and then we're going to worship God together again before we close um, our meetings. And that is two things about us looking forward 
to the next season of the church. The first one is some employment news about how we want to grow the staff here at the church. And the second one is about the well-being journey that we want to do as a church to process a little bit what's happened with us um, at the, over the last 18 months. The first one, employment. Okay, we've been looking to increase the staff of the church for a while. It was something that was on our agenda, something we were talking about. Lockdown kind of came and just muck that up for a bit, change the, 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 the diary dates, but we're, we're coming back to that. And growing as a church family is, is a natural byproduct. We've grown, so we need to grow the staff in line with that to serve the church and to serve what God is doing for us. And we as a church, in consultation with other church leaders, we're actually behind the curve on this for our size and the number of hours we commit staff-wise um, we are less than where we should be. Um, when I tell people what we are currently and the size of the church and the number of people we have, they kind of look at me slightly wide-eyed and think, how do you do it? And I say, one, well, one, we have amazing volunteers, but actually it's something we want to rectify. And so we feel it's right before God to increase. Our current staff base at the church is myself. I'm paid 37 and a half hours a week as a church leader, um, which I get paid for, plus I give voluntary hours on top of that. Um, my wife, Melanie, uh, is paid 20 hours a week. She serves us uh, with youth and kids is what she's paid for. And then she gives voluntary hours on top of that for all the other things she does um, um, in terms of leading and, and discipling and raising people up. We also have Abby Argue, who has co is coming back from maternity leave. Um, and she is doing 10 hours a week, which, which does our admin, helps us with that. And plus she does voluntary hours on top of that. So that's where we are. And over the next five years of the church, we want to continue continuing to grow the staff base to serve what God is doing here and being led by him. And as we increase staff hours, it moves us to the next stage of growth and development as a church. Now, when we look at employing staff, um, what we look at for three things. The first one we look at is character. The most important thing as a believer before God in any position of authority and leadership is their character. If you read through the Bible, that is what is always comes up first. And um, failure in character is usually where things go wrong. When you see people in authority in Alicia have moral failures, character failures, that's where it all falls apart. I've been reading through uh, one and two kings in preparation for our next sermon series. And when it goes wrong is when leaders fall. Solomon is a case in point on that one. So we look to character. We want men and women who love Jesus, whose lives are shaped by this, who are servant-hearted, who are full of the Holy Spirit, who work hard, who are generous uh, in their giving financially, who are well thought of in their workplaces and among their peers. Um, the second thing is a proven track record that actually they've proven themselves in serving God and being involved in leadership and ministry over years. And actually the hand of God is evident on them and we can see that. And the third one is a calling, that they feel a sense of calling, prayerful consideration before God that actually, yes, I feel this is a right thing to do, uh, to be working for the local church because it's, we make it look easy, but it's not. It's a, it can be a tough gig sometimes and so we want them to understand a calling so when the tough time comes they will persevere um, in that so to that end we want to increase our staff hours by employing Matt and Phil Yates to serve us um, as a local church Matt and Phil uh, currently lead our worship team which you've been seeing behind me. They are on my leadership team. Matt is one of the elders. They also on the side, parent, Delta and Blue. And Matt is, a, <laughs> Matt is also a assistant principal at a school and Phil runs her own business. They have been with us since the beginning of the church. 
They've been here since the beginning. They have been serving us. We have personally known my wife and I for about 15 years, and they have carried a call of God to serve his church uh, for that time and longer since we've known them. The first time we met them, I was my wife and I, our previous church before we came here, we were going on like our first day on the job, um, and we would move to this new town, and the church leader and his wife took us out for coffee to a little village next to the town, just as a kind of, okay, you're here, first day, how you doing? And we went there because there was a little cafe there that was really nice, and there was a Christian bookshop, remember those? There was one of them just over the road from it, so they said, we'll go over there, we'll look in the bookshop, and then we'll go and have a coffee. We met Matt and Phil there, just by mistake, never seen them before in our life, and and we got introduced, oh, this is Matt Phil, the part of the church, blah, blah, blah. I knew then that they were going to come with us and do something. And it was just one of those, okay, these guys, we're going to be connected with these guys for the long term. I don't know if they knew that, but we did. When we left, we said, there's something there. Fifteen years later, we find ourselves here. Now, they are our friends. They are dear friends of ours, which means this kind of thing can be tricky. So we have taken lots of conversations and counsel from outside. We have been, uh, I've had consultation with our elders, I've had consultation with our leadership team, I've had consultation with the directors who are responsible for the financial and legal running of the church. I've taken consultation from Andy Martin, who's preached with us, who's helped us, kind of, he's outside, he's currently in Cairo, but when you've got screens, it's easy to have chats and just how things are going. I've also taken consultation with Sean Green, who is another church leader within our movement, who leads a really big church down in Reading. And I said, come on, this is what I'm thinking. Ask me all the hard questions he had. We've also uh, got an HR firm that we do consultation work with for legal stuff, contracts, job description, benchmarking, salaries, all those things to make sure everything we do is above board. And so we want to employ them each 15 hours a week, uh, starting in October. And that what we're going to ask them to focus on is our life groups and pastoral care. We've realized through this season that our life groups, even more so, are so core to what we do, to serving you, caring for you. And so we want to ask them to give some their time to looking after that, to strengthening that, to make sure that people are looked after uh, well amongst us and to care for them. Um, we have, I had a vision, um, sorry, in April 2021, so just the last time I did this, one of the things we talked about was how important the life groups were to us. And this is kind of part in response to that. We wanted to invest staff hours and time with that. Um, and so they're going to come on board, look at that. Matt is also going to be helping Mel with some of the community stuff and Phil with our look and feel on how we do it because she's supremely gifted in that area. What they're going to do on top of that is volunteer as worship leaders, elder, and part of my leadership team as well, so that's not being covered. There go the kids. Um, so we are excited about this, and we want to move this forward. We think it will be a great addition to the team, to helping us grow as a church, to strengthen us in what we're doing and looking after all we are. So please be in prayer. We're going to be praying this Tuesday online come and join us we'll pray for them as a bunch of other things that we're going to do so that is where we're heading in terms of staffing um, starting at the beginning of October the second thing is uh, the well-being journey the well-being journey now we've been through a difficult time over the last 18 months amen not been easy no one saw that coming and all of us have suffered in some way um, emotionally physically relationally spiritually um, and no one was ready for what happened and no one was prepared for what happened. I remember sharing in, um, last time I did this in April, I talked about languishing, 
Remember that? Some of us were languishing, just like, what's going on uh, with the us and what's going on with the world? And what we wanted to do was to put something in place for all of us to process what happens. We realize we're all in different places. Some of you might be gung-ho, like, yay, back to every normal, pandemic's over, we're going ahead. Some of you are the other extreme, might be very much really not sure about this, really not sure, concerned for my health, concerned for my safety, don't know how it's going to develop and have anxious thoughts. And what we wanted to do was put something together as a church that we could all work through um, to process everything that's happened and just take some time to reflect rather than charging on actually just take some moments and so what we're going to do is we're going to do three three things the first one is we're starting a new sermon series next Sunday we've entitled well with my soul that we're going to be looking at the life of Elijah we look at Elijah, Elijah who was a man of God he served God but he was also a man who faced a lot of pressure faced a lot of difficulty he had some incredible highs if you know the story he also had some quite spectacular lows as well and we thought that would be a helpful thing to kind of do alongside this so we're going to be looking at him going through that I'll recommend some resources next week when we get into that and introduce Elijah to us so that's what we're going to be looking at we're also going to be working through um, the well-being course which comes out of a church in Peterborough which we've looked at um, the material we think that would be helpful for us so we're going to work through that as life groups we're going to be looking at videos we'll watch a video when we go to our life group uh, meeting And we're also going to have discussion questions out of that. And these videos are professionally done and edited. If you ever watch Sky Sports, you might recognize one of the presenters who's from that, who's also a Christian and has particularly been through a really rough time when you hear his testimony and how he got through with the Lord. Heartbreaking. Um, So that'll be, he'll be someone who knows what he's talking about, about going through difficult seasons. So that'll be us. So we'll be looking at that. And the wellbeing course covers, uh, the way they framed it, it covers six areas of life. It covers physical, relational, financial, spiritual, emotional, vocational, looking at the whole man. And we're just going to take some time just looking at some of those things um, together and processing and hopefully give us some practical tools. Just, just check where we are. Give yourself a health check. If you're doing great, great. If you know you're, you're low in one area, some of these things might help you and we'll be able to work through that. Um, so there's Sunday, there's Life Group, and there's also individuals. And that, to that, we've also we've got a book um, that we've bought here. There's many, many copies out the front here, which we would love you all to take one. If you're one of our life group, in one of our life groups, please come and grab a copy. And this is a book you read along with the course. It's basically a bunch of daily readings that help you um, frame it. And so in life groups, your life group leaders will tell you when, but you read one week of them and then we can discuss it in life groups. And it just gives a way of earthing some of the stuff we do. So we've got a bunch of copies. Please come and grab one there. They're our gift to you. You're welcome. Um, so take them away. Life group leaders, you're here and you know maybe someone in your group's not here and you can just drop it around, take an extra copy so they've got it and we will kick that off next Monday. So you've got about a week to make sure everyone got one. And so that's what we're planning to do. And so we're in faith, we've been praying about this. We think God will use this time to just help us deal with some of the stuff that's going on. It's good material and it will be a benefit to you. But Like anything, you only get out what you put in. So if you want to lose weight, if you keep eating the same food, it's not going to work. You need to put some discipline. If you want to get in shape, same thing. You have to start go out and start exercising. And so with this, I just want to stand as your leader and say, please take some time to put this in. I think it will benefit you. I think it will benefit, and if it benefits you, it will benefit your family, it will benefit your workplace, it will benefit us as a church family, because you'll be 
a more improved version of yourself because you've managed to process some of the things that are going on. And so I think that's a good thing. So please come and grab a book at the end. Um, and that's kind of it. So in summary, what God has called us to as a church hasn't changed. A pandemic doesn't change that. God is still God. He is still sovereign. He is still head of his church. He still loves us. He still is for us. He still wants many, many men and women and children to come to know him for themselves. He is still calling us to pursue him with everything we have. We still want others to know he called us to grow and multiply as a people. In line with that, we want to increase the staffing to help us cope with the growth, to love and care for you, equip you for works of service outside this building, outside this meeting. And we also want us to be as healthy and well as we can be. Because the more healthy and well we are, the better we can serve and care for others outside. And so that's why we're doing um, the well-being course. Um, would you mind standing? I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship um, the Lord uh, together, can the band just come up and get yourself set? Maybe you just want to close your eyes, um, open your hands. I don't know what your last 18 months has been like, and I don't know how you're feeling now. Thank you for coming, thank you for making it, but you might have skipped through the door or you might have come through the door with fear and dread and anxiety. But the good news is the Lord knows and he's not surprised because he knows you and he built you. But we're now here in this place together and I can say categorically that he loves you, that he is for you, that he wants good for you. He wants you to know him in a deeper, fuller way. He wants you to grow and mature in him. He wants you to read his word and hear his voice. He wants you to call out to him in prayer and give out what's on your heart and speak to him. He wants to fill you now with his Holy Spirit that you may be transformed more and more into the image of his son. And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit of God, would you come now, fill us as we give our hearts back to you in worship and praise and say we love you and we praise you. Lord, we want to say we are a willing, obedient people. Lord, we will go where you lead us. We will go where you follow. Lord God, we, will, we are ready to be shaped by you even now. Lord God, as we lift up your name in worship, Lord, would you change us? Would you shape us? Would you reveal things in our hearts that might need to get dealt with? attitudes that might need to change things we need to do Lord we want to say we love you we praise you we worship you you are an amazing God thank you so much for holding us through this time bringing us back together together Lord we thank you for this expression of church and all that you've done here Lord God we love you and God's people said